we've got something from that. And I'm going to tell you today, in very simple terms, how you can grow in the authority of God. Whether you like it is another thing. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how you can do it. It's going to be very clear. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you right now. That might save me preaching. How we grow in authority is simple. We stay close to the one who is in ultimate authority. Through relationship, obedience, and submission. Obedience and submission are two different things. Now, hopefully I'll get time to touch on that a bit later on. We looked at last time those who had power and authority over our lives, and maybe where we have power and authority over other people's lives, and if you have that authority, then when you speak into lives, it has impact and power over that life. Likewise with those who have power and authority over us. We talked the difference about the gifts. There's a difference between the gift of power, which we all have, and the gift of authority, which I believe we need to grow into. I might even shock you a little bit here, but I believe Jesus had to grow in authority and favor with man. Although he wasn't very um, well-liked by a lot of the people around, particularly the religious people. The Bible says this, that the gifts of God, in Romans eleven twenty nine, that the gifts of God are irrevocable. So there's a big difference between gift and power than authority. And really, I've emphasized a lot on authority because I understand what that's like. When, when you get a call from a pastor who says, I've got a woman here who would like to speak to you because she has a demon, right? And then he puts that woman on the phone, and the woman begins to manifest on the phone. And the pastor's freaking out because he's not used to dealing with demons. But as soon as I began to speak to that woman on the phone, she manifest on the phone. The demon knew my name. That is not because I carry power, but because I carry authority. I cut my teeth a lot on deliverance. I know how it works. And when we try to deliver somebody using power, it is a power against power struggle. But when Jesus walked down the streets and the demons went, whoa, it's Jesus, because of the authority that he was carrying. And then the power to cast it out and release it. We often try to do stuff through power. And we've been taught by church that power is everything. I want to tell you that power is important. But it's only really effective when you use it through your authority. It's not how hard we shout at God or the demons that will bring results. It's how we walk in the God-given authority that He's given us. See, the cross, the cross isn't plan B. The cross is a restoration to bring us back to plan E. There's always just been one plan. And the plan is this, that we use our authority to take control over the earth and subdue it. 
<laughs> you don't believe me. Look in Revelation. What's going to happen in the end is we will be on the earth subduing and walking in authority on the earth, a new heaven and a new earth. God's restoring things back to the garden. And we, so I just want to say very quickly, don't get mixed up between power and gift. Uh, in Matthew 7, 22, we know it very well. It says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Did we not drive out demons? Did we not perform miracles? Then he plainly told them, depart from me, I don't know you. The church has got dazzled by power. And we forgot that it's about relationship. That I might know Him. And the more we know Him, the more you will increase in authority as you walk. Um, remember the woman uh, who followed Paul? I mentioned her last time. She was not declaring a lie. She was declaring the truth. These men are the servants of the Most High God. She had, she, she had a motive other than... <laughs> She had a motive other than what was right. She was not speaking a lie. She spoke the truth. Yet Paul cast a demon out of her because she spoke the truth. But it was coming from a heart of distortion. So we lost our authority in the garden by believing a lie. You believe the lie. You empower the liar. Bill Johnson quote. You believe the lie, you empower the liar. We lost our authority in the garden. Gone. Jesus came and he restored again that authority. Jesus walked through this earth and I believe that he had to grow in authority. That if you read quite a number of times, Jesus will say, I only do what I see the Father doing. He was a man he was God, perfect, sinless, but he was a man under authority. Ultimate authority, but also under authority of the rulers and stuff of the day. And he had to grow in that authority. So we lost ours through disobedience. God says, you take all this, but there's one thing you kind of do that. That's my authority. I don't want you to touch that tree. Don't do it. And we all know what happened. And Satan come and he took our authority. He took our authority. He actually didn't take just our authority, but he took our splendor. Huh. Uh, there's a few years wondering. I can tell there's a few years wondering. What we need to do then is we need to learn that our authority, that which is ours, given from God, we maybe need to protect by setting boundaries. Come on. I wonder if I could have a volunteer, a male volunteer. The bigger the better. If I don't have one, I'll pick one. Oh, you're just the job. Now, I just need one more male volunteer. Come on, come on, don't be shy. Oh, Marky Mark, come on. 
I've got a couple of props to do. I'll use that later. Right, um, so to demonstrate about, a thought, about, about setting boundaries, what I want these guys to do is I want them both to, to go through the hula hoop. <laughs> do you like each other? Yeah, yeah together. <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm going, to put this on the f I'm going to put this on the floor. You're going to step into it. Then I want you both to lift it over your head. Okay? It is going to be harder than I think, but yeah. Go for it. Now, there is a, a God-given... Come on, come on. Wow, they managed to do that. They managed to do that without even touching. It's that good. So if I can give Mark this, can you, can you use one of those? Can you? I just thought while we were here, just give it a go, you know. Just give it a spin, see if you can use it. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. We're here. I know we haven't got lots of time, but we just thought, I, I can't resist it. Right, no. Okay, so, no, no, step in it, step in it, step in it. Right, hold it there, hold it with both hands. Now, if Daniel wants to come and get into this at any point, Mark, I want you to, I want you to fend him off. So, I just want you to come close and then... Mark, you use that to fend him off, okay? So, you, well, you can do if you want. Now, now even if he comes around the back here, Mark can bring this back, and he can stop me. And he can stop Dan. And he can stop other things. What I'm trying to say to you is, this is an example of God-given authority that we hold here, then that circle, but actually what we let in to our lives is not determined by the authority we carry, but by how we carry the authority. Does that make some sense? So, you can sit down, lads. Leave them there. I'll get you up later to do a bit more for me, but thank you for that. Um, well done, guys. So, sometimes visual examples are a lot, help, a lot more helpful, aren't they? So, uh, how do people get... Well, let's go back on the demons. How do people get demon-possessed? They allow into their lives a gateway of demonic activity. Do we do that? Well, look at the garden. <laughs> look at the garden. We need, we need to understand this church that the responsibility uh, for our boundary is set by us. It's set by us. <laughs> and, and if you allow stuff into your boundary... If you allow stuff in there, it will affect your authority. And not more than that, Dan might even have nicked some of Marcus's authority. Marcus might have less... How does this work? Let me, kept the, let me, let me be good. I'm trying to be good. Uh, a man and a woman, as they get married, the Bible says they become one flesh. How does that happen? That's... That's, I'm not asking how sex happens. I'm asking how, how that happens. I'll tell you how it happens. Something takes place in the spiritual realm that joins the two together in one flesh. And they begin to share, a good marriage begins to share the authority that they both have. A good marriage does not have a man who is dominant over a woman. 
A good marriage does not have a woman who is dominant over a man. And I've seen both. Men, we are very guilty of living easy lives. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Those of us who are married, we're very guilty of living easy lives. And actually, the woman is the one in control much more than we think. This isn't about control. This is about the two shall become one. A good marriage shares the authority that they both carry. It looks to edify and support each other in a, in a way that is not predominant on either side. A good marriage continues with good sex. The men are going, whoa! The women are going, oh no! He's talking about sex. Can I tell you what the Bible... I don't think I've got my phone. I'll tell you what the Bible says in Geordie version. <laughs> don't stop having sex with one another unless by mutual consent. And that only for the purpose of praying and fasting. You're not going to hear that preach very often. I'll tell you why. Because when the two become one flesh, it is a reoccurrence of the two becoming one flesh. The act of sex is really important in a relationship. It's not the be-all and end-all, but it is important. Now, how I got onto that? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Let me, let me tell you this. Listen, what, have you ever done a Bible study on what the devil said? <laughs> That's a good Bible study for you. You know how Jesus' words are in red? <laughs> let me have a look what the devil says. In the Bible, let me tell you one thing he says in Luke 4, 6 and 7. He says this. And he said to him, that's the devil saying to Jesus, listen, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want if you will only worship me. Jesus came to restore our authority. He came to win it back for us, that which we'd given away to the enemy. Not just our authority, but our splendor. You see, when God created us, we were splendor. <laughs> and we lost it, and we gave it away. Wow. I don't believe Jesus had all authority until the resurrection. And it's at the point of resurrection where Jesus says, all authority and all power is given to me. He won it through the death and resurrection. He won it back. It was one of the things he won for us. Not just our salvation, but he won for us. Just come deep with me a little bit. This is, this is, this is you'll like this. This is good. So, I'm going to use this soon. Um, so there are natural 
authorities around us, right? So, gravity is a nat. I'm not going to float. Don't worry. <laughs> Although I don't know. Hold on. Let's not go there. Um, natural authorities around us. Now, does, can natural authorities be changed or broken or overridden? Yes is the answer. So, if you look at an aeroplane as it's sat on the ground, all that tons of metal, how does that fly? It overcomes a law or an authority called gravity by introducing another law or another authority called aerodynamics. Wow, Alan, you're getting a bit crazy on us. <laughs> track with me, track with me. Listen, listen, this is, this is really important. Listen. What started that was this. Two brothers by the name of Wrights got revelation and knowledge to override the law of gravity. Wow. Whoever has spoken into your life, and if that be negative, you can override that today with the revelation and knowledge that Jesus has set you free completely from your past. <laughs> you see, see, what the Wright brothers then understood was this, that that tons of metal in today's modern, anyway, that tons of metal is never going to get off the ground. Why? Because it needs to do something, it needs to reach a certain speed. <laughs> when it reaches a certain speed, the new authority, the new law comes into being. It has all the potential in the world, but until it reaches a certain speed, It'll not fly. And when it's in the air, if it stops producing a certain speed, it becomes a brick. Our breakthrough church in authority is in the doing, not in the standing. Our breakthrough is when we reach a certain speed, we will, we will, we will move into a new realm of authority. But you will never reach that realm of authority unless you're moving. And that which wins your breakthrough, that which won your breakthrough and got you flying, you need to continue in. I know loads of Christians who've moved in authority and they become bricks and fell out of the sky because they stopped moving in the God-given authority. It requires from us, church. Church, to walk in authority requires from us. You've just got to look at the Bible. You've got to look at Jesus. You've got to look at the early disciples. It requires your death. 
but I'm already dead in Christ. Well, why aren't we seeing the authority that we should be seeing? If we're already dead in Christ, which is a theological argument I agree with, why are we not seeing the levels of authority we should be seeing? Why are we not? I praise God for the right brothers. They transformed the world with revelation and knowledge. Do you know what? Everything that was needed to build that plane has probably always been in this land. What was the difference? They received the understanding. Oh, some of you are on track with me. Never mind. Some of you are going to go home and build a plane, I know. It's, it's, not, it's not about planes. <laughs> Please don't go home and try to build a plane. This isn't about planes. This is about authority. They received the understanding which made they can walk in a new realm that produced something that changed the world. Have I got my keys? I'm going to go for this. There they are. I'm not going home, don't worry. We've got 10 minutes yet. So, if I'm looking for a trusty person. Yeah, I'll trust you. You look trusty. You've got a beard. There we go. If I give this guy here, great guy, I love him very much, I've just given him my car key, okay? Now, if I'm saying this, this, this wonderful fella here, you can have my car. Bless you, Jesus, I've just been given a Mercedes. How's that? <laughs> but the key isn't any good unless he knows which car's mine. Come on. Come on. Jesus said this. He says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. But most Christians die in the porch. Not the Porsche, the porch. Because we don't understand this, Jesus says, in my Father's house are many, many mansions. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Have you ever found a key and you don't know where it's for? What a waste of time, isn't it? Do you know what? I think there's a lot of Christians walking around with a whole bunch of kingdom keys. And we don't know how to unlock some doors. To release the kingdom over the earth. Release the kingdom. Release the kingdom. Back to the original plan. That God wants us. Oh, I think I've got time to share. One of my favorite guys is Moses. I love Moses. I just, he's just a great... That's what the, you know what Moses did with a stick, don't you? Snake! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> Water! Um, Moses did amazing things with a stick, didn't he? Can you remember when he did the hand trick? Leprosy, no leprosy. Leprosy, no leprosy. Imagine if you got that wrong. Whoa! Water opened. He's just an amazing guy. Let me do a 2.45 seconds, two and a half minutes, or just over, video, DVD.
a little bit about Moses. It's good. <laughs> Moses. What an amazing man. Snake! <laughs> we'll try it later. <laughs> oh, that's called stiff neck people. <laughs> Moses had seen so much of the glory of God in so many ways. And he went up a mountain <laughs> because the people didn't want to go. And he went up a mountain and, 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 <clears throat> and three things he asked for. Three things. First thing, he says to God, despite all he'd seen, despite all the miracles, all the power, the first thing Moses asked for, that I might know your ways. Wow. Of all the miracles he'd seen, that I might know your ways that your presence might go with me. Whoa! And that I might see your glory. Many of us would have flipped that on its head. More glory, God. More presence, God. Your ways? Because if you're going to walk in authority, and I have to bring this in line, we're coming close to the end. If we're going to walk in authority... We have to learn obedience. Oh, Alan, that's an old-fashioned word. The boy at the, din- at the breakfast table, as he's standing, this is the difference between obedience and submission. He's standing at the breakfast table, and his mum says, sit down and eat your breakfast, Dan. Yeah, you look a bad lad. And he's like, I will not sit down. I'm standing. So mum gets a little bit more. Dan, will you sit down and eat your breakfast? No. So she gets even more. She might even get the stick. No, it's a good mum. Dan, will you sit down and eat your breakfast? So Dan reluctantly sits. And as mum's walking away, says, yeah, on the outside I'm sitting down. But inside, I'm still standing. So many times when God moves us into obedience, we do it through gritted teeth. And we say we're being obedient, but actually we're not submitting. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not an easy word, is it? (laughs) Listen, I've done sex, let's do money. Um, (laughs) It's generally where the rubber hits the road, isn't it, money? If God says that we're to give of him of our first fruits and we're not giving any money to God, we are not being obedient. Easy, isn't it? What we're seeing by saying that we don't want to give God money, we don't want to be obedient to that because money's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? What's actually happening here? is we're seeing this. Listen what we're seeing. We're seeing, God, I have more faith in me to provide for me than I have in you to provide for me. <laughs> but it's always difficult. If God said to me today, Alan, put a hundred quid in the box, which would be difficult because I've only got a ten on my pocket, 
But if he said to me, Alan, put 100 quid in the box on your way out, then I start beginning what all of us do. But God, I, I, I need some diesel this week, and um, um, I, I wouldn't mind a bottle of wine. I, I like a glass of wine. It'd be nice to be at left order. And, and, and what we're going to do for food... Listen, church, listen. Let's, let's see if we can get this. Listen. Maybe God has a purpose that is higher than my comfort. Not often hearing this preached, are we? We're not often hearing this preached. <laughs> Maybe the purposes of God and the kingdom that He wants to establish on the earth is more than the comfort of little old Alan. So do we really want to grow in authority? Listen what Jesus says to you guys. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. So he noticed authority to overcome power. Come on. <laughs> authority to overcome power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We, 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 we got... God help me. I'm, I'm trying to be really good. Let, let me just go for it. Apathy stinks. And we've got a whole bunch of people who says that authority is meant to be for the pastors and the people up front and those who lead worship. It's meant to be for us all. It's meant to be for us all. We're all supposed to walk in authority. How much authority do we want? Well, how much are you prepared to submit? How much are you pre prepared to be obedient? It is completely through that living relationship with the Father that authority is granted. You trying to say you're a better Christian than me, Alan? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> what I am trying to say is this. I am trying to say this. I've been a Christian a lot of years. A lot of years. And in my journey... I have learned a few things. So, last week, week before, somebody offered me a whole host of money in the thousands. And God said to me, you're not to take that money, Alan. What do you think Alan wanted to do? Seriously? But God, you know how many people we could feed with that money? But God, we've got staff. But God, but God, but God. God says to me, Alan, that's bad seed. Tell him thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> uh, do, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it would be very easy for me to take the money, but it isn't. It would have been against what I believe God was saying. Completely. We just have to work on this stuff, guys. We really do. So, listen what the Bible says about you. I'm coming into the land. Arise. That means get off your butt. 
and shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, a darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. And His glory appears over you. It says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. <laughs> Apathy says, kings will go to somebody else. The Word of God says that kings will come to you. We believe the lie, we empower the liar. We believe the truth, what happens? We come into agreement with the Father. And He, and he empowers us with His authority to overcome the powers of the enemy. This is powerful stuff, church, but we need a church, we need an army of churches that understand this, that authority is not about me standing on this platform looking good in front of you guys, but it is about me bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth out there on the streets. And we've got too many people that want to show the power. I don't think you can have authority without character. But I think you can have power without character. <laughs> I think you can have power without character. But I actually think authority is definitely lined up with that relationship with the Father. You know when Moses went up the mountain and God just showed him his glory and he came back down to the stiff-necked people and they went, whoa, turn your face down. It's too bright. It's too bright. When we arise and shine, when we carry the authority of God, the world begins to say, whoa, turn your face down. We begin to offend the darkness that's over the people so that the people can come into the light. See, the people are walking in darkness. Some, some new preachers wouldn't agree with me with that. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit has not been poured out on all flesh. I believe that. But you can have the Holy Spirit poured out and you still be in a dark place. We need to awaken those in the dark place to the Holy Spirit that's poured out over their lives. And how we do that effectively is when we learn to carry authority. And when we walk into a room and things change. If you told me five years ago some of the stuff I'd be doing today, I would have laughed in your face. If you told me ten years ago I would have been doing some of the stuff, I would have probably punched you in the face. <laughs> and on Friday night, as I was out on street pastors, attending to this lady who was absolutely 
drunk as a skunk. And she did tell me, I love you, me, you know. <laughs> For an hour and 45 minutes as we tried to attend to this lady. If you told me I'd be doing that even five years ago, I would have thought you're crazy. Me on the streets at four o'clock in the morning. You, you, you're joking, aren't you? And you know what? I would have definitely told you are crazy if you tell us Peter Wigglesworth was going to be next to us. <laughs> I would have definitely said you were mad as a hatter. I would have put you in the mad as a hatter box. But as me and Peter stood, it was his first time being a senior leader out on Friday. But as me and Peter stood, I just, I just thought, who would ever have thought that? Me and Peter out in the streets, three o'clock in the morning, attending to drunk people. But we've learned to grow in the authority God has given us. We don't get there by disobedience. We only get there by obedience to the word. We only get there by obedience to the word. Time has gone. The centurion knew exactly this. The centurion story is exactly this. He knew he was a military man. He knew what he was doing. He went to Jesus and said, Jesus, my servant's sick. And he said to Jesus this. Remember Jesus' response. I've never seen faith like this ever in all the earth. He said to Jesus this. You don't even need to come. Just speak the word. How did he know that? He knew that because he was a man in the military who said to somebody, you do this. And when he said it, it got done. Why? Because he carried authority. He carried something that others knew of and followed in line with. So when he went to Jesus and said, you're a man of authority. You don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word and it'll be done. Because he knew his word carried authority to heal the sick. Oh, come on, church. When, when he went back home, he, he actually said, when did the servant get well? He said it was at exactly the same time as Jesus spoke the word. It wasn't on his journey. It wasn't when he got there. It wasn't when his faith was released. It was when Jesus spoke the word in authority, the healing took place way back there. Why? Because, not because, <laughs> Jesus had healed many people. Listen, church, he'd healed many people. It wasn't because Jesus was a healer. It was because the man recognized the authority of Jesus as a healer. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. The man recognized the authority of Jesus as a healer from a different perspective, and healing was released. Now, I understand and know, as we said at the beginning, that we're waiting for some healings to be released. I know that. My job is to grow in authority. Your job is to grow in authority. So when we're praying for the sick, we see miracles. And by miracles, I mean people being instantly healed without treatment. I'll settle for a healing. I'll settle for that. Healing's healing as far as I'm concerned. But when we begin to move in authority, I believe we'll begin to see miracles taking place miracles i'm going to pray for every sick person <laughs> i'll continue to pray until they're healed that's my stance on stuff god has not brought sickness on any single person it's not there to teach you anything other than the grace of god to heal you and if you believe in that lie then it is a lie from the pit of hell god has never brought sickness on anyone he brings healing. 
and life and restoration. Our job is to be the instruments that bring that through the authority we carry. I'll just, I'll just, have I got time to pray? Can I pray for you guys? Let's stand together. The kids will be coming in a minute. There's a couple of things I just want to pray. Father God, we get overwhelmed at what you've done for us through the cross of Jesus. That you come back, Jesus, you come to this earth to restore our authority and our splendor. That you said to the devil, give me the keys to the kingdom because I've won them now. And you give them to us, God. <laughs> God, I pray that there would be a holy boldness that comes over your church that has a deep desire to live in relationship with obedience and submission to bring about the kingdom on the earth. God, I pray that your people would not have deaf ears when things are uncomfortable, but that they would have willing hearts to step into that which might not be of our own best interest, but we'll see the kingdom released on the earth. God, I pray where authorities, our authority has been taken. Wow. I was just ministering this to one or two people right now. I just fancy a, a quickening of the Spirit on this. Where our, where our authority has been taken wrongly from us, or we have given it away lightly, I pray, Father, here it comes, for a restoration of that which we've given away and that which has been taken away. I pray, Father, for a woo, 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 that that which belongs to us will be restored to us, washed in the blood of Jesus. Where we have made ungodly soul ties, I break them right now in Jesus' name. And I command that they would have no more authority over our lives to shape or mold us in a certain way. But we break their authority with a higher authority that comes from God Himself over every principality in power. We break that in Jesus' name and we speak life and restoration into, the lives, into our lives here today. I pray where there has been inappropriate relationships. Father, I pray that soul ties would be cut in Jesus' name. And there would be a restoration again. I pray, Father, where husbands have not treated their wives right, I pray, Father, that there will be a conviction in our spirit and a repentance from that. I pray, Father, where wives have been domineering and have overpowered and overshadowed the husband, I pray, Father, for uh, forgiveness and repentance. And I pray, Father, that there would be a restoration of that too. But that as we mutually love one another and respect one another and honor one another, we will see the glory of God released in our marriages. <laughs> I was just 
God's just dropping that in, isn't he? He's just doing that right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.